want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why hello and Holy shit, that's spiking. Okay. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 702 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Binarita. (laughs) And I'm your other other host, Cable Hashitani. What's shaking, everybody? I'm too old for this shit. Hey man, <laughs> not wrong there. Oh, welcome, welcome to August, everyone, Whoa. and welcome to day twelve. Take first. a couple of weeks off, and we forget what we're doing. I, you know, I, the problem is that I didn't forget what we're doing. The problem is that I'm just exhausted. And no, I, th- I think we're all a little off our game right now. Yeah, and yeah, all I hear right now are D and D players downstairs. Yep. I know the listeners can't hear it because I've asked if they hear it. They're like, no. No, yeah, it plays on my TV nice and loud, Mm -hmm. and I don't hear anything. Uh, And those players are because we're coming to you live uh, from from... the Guardian Games studio. Yes. Although, speaking of you playing it for Tyrion, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, it's like a a month or so ago when I was still at your place. Mm -hmm. And I came home, and I was super tired. No one was home. It was just Tyrion. And Mm -hmm. I came home. And I heard you talking on the show. I didn't bother to look up because you were like complaining about something like pop culture, like goofy. But I was in a bad mood. I was grumpy. And I remember crossing your living room, Tyrion's running up to me. I don't even register the fact that it's you on the fucking TV. I think you're actually there. As I throw my bag down in the spare bedroom, I think I pop my head out. I'm like, really? I've been in here for three minutes. Are you going to, you, really, you're going to throw this shit at me? And then you kept talking about the thing you were talking about. And I was like, and I remember saying out loud, oh, very mature, Bean. Then I stuck my head around the corner and realized it was a recording from like a month before. <laughs> so that's where my head's been. Of all of your friends, I am probably the least likely to, to come at you with a bunch of pop culture. I know grousing about whatever. I know this is. I say it for the show, like a professional. This is all true. I know that, <laughs> but my brain at the time had nothing left. Uh, it was just reptile brain. That was it. I was so tired that I was just like, yeah. I'll eat that leftover tofu in the fridge and then go to bed. <laughs> mm. I don't remember what it was, but I was gone. Hello, I mean, everyone. It was probably crispy tofu with vegetables, not like 
I don't think he means like just like raw tofu out of the package. I, I'm right? Not, I'm right. not going to judge. You if that's what you want. That's I'm going to judge. Speaking don't of like raw the heart wants what the heart that's wants. Super yeah, weird. Was, you know what I never wants? Just plain tofu out of the fridge. Um, <laughs> but speaking of crispy stuff, so you both probably know about Ota. Yes. Tofu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know, I mean, I knew you could buy tofu there, obviously, and stuff. I like when people are like, you know, bring your own cases because, like, they don't have cases. They sell you a case, but they assume you brought a fucking case to load it up with. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know is you can buy, like, little slivers of sliced fried tofu that they just make there. You can just buy a handful of it and put it in the bag. And apparently I read about it. Apparently they started doing that for themselves just for fun because mm-hmm. they wanted snacks. And then people found out and would come over for, like, crispy tofu and then they're like well maybe we should charge for this (laughs) i've actually never been to ota and i should because i buy a lot of tofu and i should be getting it straight from the horse's mouth it's right behind the the slammer Slammer tavern the tofu horse mouth uh oldest uh tofu manufacturer in the country yeah uh i did read about how they uh they sold the business so it's not the same family anymore but they were very selective about who they chose to Mm -hmm. take up that mantle yeah that was a nice story. Uh, hey, Martin Vavra is live on our chat right yeah. now. Yeah. Mainly because he has a big announcement. Oh. That I can talk about. The announcement goes out live tomorrow, but that's when most people will listen to the show. Mm-hmm. So, so is, is he announcing it? Are you announcing it? What's happening? Well, I'm going to say I want to announce it here for our live listeners, and I'll give him five minutes to go on the chat and either say yay or nay. You might make you wait until tomorrow. You might. Um, but I will also take silence as a yes. <laughs> Your silence is consent. Uh, what are we going to do during those five minutes? Aha, he just said, you do it. All right. So I think I talked about this a few months ago, about how one of my shorts was going to get turned into a short film. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of my horror shorts. Well, that is now officially happening. So it's the horror short that I wrote called The Way of Things. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago during my 13 days of Halloween, it's the creepy one about like the decomposing mushroom monster that mm. a family has long ties with and stuff. So that's the short that uh, we will be doing. And he is going to start crowdsourcing it officially tomorrow. Like it has like a real budget and all that stuff. And since the strike is going on, this falls under... All things Indeed. independent. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. my story. Martin wrote the script. I gave him feedback on it, stuff like that. He's directing it. Uh, I, th- I think he told me one of the actors. I'm really excited about the monster, but I don't know if I can say who's doing that officially yet. But you'll see more from me, like pushing it to uh, where you're going to crowdsource it. There's a crowdsourcing company. I feel awful for this. Uh, I forgot its name, but they specialize in short films. Oh, don't you dare, Microsoft. Sorry, I got the quick DOS black screen that popped up. Okay. Uh, Okay, so the service is called Seed and Spark. They primarily do funding, crowdsource funding for short films, independent films. Okay. Here's the cool thing. So the story has that really bitchin' monster. In fact, our friend uh, uh, Tara drew it when I put it into a book. Ah, she okay. drew the monster, and that helped the inspiration for the person who made the suit slash puppet. So that's already been made. Uh, I think most of it has already been made. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, was that also done through a third party company, 
or well, like an uh, independent artist that you guys know? They are technically independent. It was done by this little puppeteer you might know named Brian Froud. Name sounds familiar. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. No, wait. You mean no, Toby? Toby, not Brian. Brian's his dad. Oh, my yeah. God. Toby Froud. I'm sorry. I feel like a jackass. Uh, yeah, it's a maquette. So it's a maquette right now. If they make enough money, they're going to adapt it into like a suit, like a, like a skexy style suit. But Toby Froud has already made the maquette for the monster. Like Martin hit me with that like a year ago. He's like, I think I can get Toby Froud on board with this. This is his jam. And then a few months later, he sent me pictures and he said, like, don't share this, but look. <laughs> so, you know, okay. The, the, you know, the guy who worked on the last iteration of the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. He's making the monster for our little independent movie called The Way of Things. Wow. That's exciting. It is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got an Academy Award for Pinocchio. So, you know. No big um, deal. No big deal at all. Yeah. We just have a, you know, a a Muppeteer and puppeteering legend (laughs) working on my weird ass culinary monster fungus movie. Martin, I feel like you should have been here. We're just like like third party sharing. Well, he's given he's like feeding us all the info in the chat. This is why it's good to be in the chat. This y'all. all this all came about really quickly. Mm. Like I found out about it today. Um we will definitely have him on, I think, in a in a well it'll it'll work out well because we're getting into the spooky season and this is definitely a spooky story. Yeah, I was it, just August. thinking what we a have great we have entered this could be spooky season. But it is pretty cool. Like the kid, you know, the kid who grew up watching Jim Henson movies and all that stuff and knowing that like Toby is continuing his father's legacy and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, we are 91 days away. That's right. Uh, Martin says I can share that. what I sent on Signal. Yeah, but I can't bring up Signal right now. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to have him on in a couple weeks. Yes. Yep, uh, get it on your calendar, Martin. Yeah. Uh, all right, so, so yeah, spooky season. Yeah, spooky, let's, spooky season. Well, let's talk about spooky season summer stuff first, yeah? Yeah, I spooky went to... Spooky season summer stuff. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Spooky season summer stuff. Spooky season summer stuff. I'm not going to keep going. Um, oh, man, Martin, if I could, I would love to put this in the chat, but I don't know how to do that. Um, uh, I might be able to screen uh, share it if you send it to me. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll figure something out here. Oh my God, so much going on. Um, uh, you know what? How about we do that at the break? Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> let's do it at the break. So yeah, and it's funny, the main reason I picked up my phone is because I was going to go over my notes. Even though I told Martin, like, I can't check signal right now. Just leave me alone, everybody. Professional. It's been a lot. Everything's been a lot. It has. Uh, it really has. It really has. So, yes, on just last Sunday, I went to Ghosts of Summer PDX. Woo! We went there last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate, well, you were with us, weren't you? Yeah. All three of us went together. Oh, that's where I introduced you to the Hob Spicy Soy Sauce. Yes. Yes. Num, num, that, num. that was where we met uh, Witch Hunter oh, Theater. Oh, I didn't get to do right. their event at, at Ghosts of Summer this year, which I was kind of bummed out about. Um, I know. The, the one from last year was so fun. Yeah, it was a lot. This was a lot of fun. So it has doubled in size. So for those of you who were at it last year and we talked about it, it's still just kind of like one part of the convention center. Mm -hmm. But if you both recall, they had that big curtain up to create the darker kind of like haunt side. Mm -hmm. 
So that's not there anymore. That's as an that's an ent- entirely another part of the hall. So basically, twice as many merchants. Twice as many merchants, yeah, and a lot of cool interactive stuff. They had a, a pottery wheel that you could just go and make spooky pottery, and yeah. they're like, "Don't be afraid, try it." Um, or I could just not be a monster and actually use my own pottery wheel. There you go. Um, but there were a lot of great, uh, really good vendors, very, a lot of um, variety in the vending. Um, in fact, I would say the thing that got repeated the most, and I use this word loosely, are candle makers. Sure. Like there were like six different vendors that made candles, but they all had like a different style. Like one was very whimsical and they made like, you know, pumpkin spice candles. And then one was like named after like gods of death. One was clearly witchy bent. One was more like named after different horror movies, like fresh cut Haddonfield grass after the murder. Like it was a lot of stuff like that. Um, fresh cut Haddonfield grass is that, that's good. I it's like good. That. That's a good. Uh, so I bought a lot of candles. Uh, I bought a uh, non-drip candle from the Grief Witch that is now in on my um, on my on my dear skeleton um, candle holder that okay. has like stones growing out of it, and I love it very much. Um, ran into two women who run uh, the Pacific Northwest's Haunt and Homicides podcast. Okay, uh, it's a pretty fun podcast. They had a great little bit going where if you spun you spun the wheel, whatever color you got. That's the color of envelope they handed you. And then the envelope, it said, think really hard about a question. And it had a mini tarot card in it about, you know, what it meant. They were pretty cool. I'm going to listen to their show more, but we might want to have them on in the spooky season, kind of cross promote or whatnot. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, I ran into um, Stapled Fanzine. So Jack does all the horror stuff in town. Jack Maraglia. Jack Maraglia. He says hi, by the way. Um, I feel like we should have him on sometime too. I love Jack. He's such a man. Talk about like a true believer horror, man. That guy, he's, they, he's, go ahead. There have been three guys that in the past 20 years that I have known that are all horror related that mm-hmm. I just truly appreciate the love that they have for it because that's what's got them through it. Yeah. And that is Jack. <laughs> Andrew and Dave and Dave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jack put on, I don't think they ever did a second year, but he put on the, the Halloween makers festival in the double tree, like well over a decade ago. Yep. I remember because that is where the Brujeria ash can debuted the black and white first four oh, pages. Yeah. Debuted there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to catch up with him. Like, I had no idea that Portland used to have its own screen queen, Lady Tarantula. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, we oh, could have him on for this, but I do believe he is working on getting a day in October named for her in Portland. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Um, ran into the folks at the Peculiarium. Uh, I don't know. Bean, have you been there yet? I have not. I am aware of it, but I just keep not getting down there. I, I forget. I we forget should find I a way for all of us to do kind of like that. And we can hit the new skeleton key, which is in Southwest now, mm-hmm. which is also like tripled in size. It's also a museum now. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I did watch some of the, I didn't take enough pictures of it because I always feel bad taking photos during drag performances because mm-hmm. I just want to watch it. 
And I'm also terrified that, like, I'm going to forget that I turned left flash on and I'm going to blast them in the eyes. <laughs> um, so they had some, uh, like, horror drag performances that were a lot of fun. In the kind of spooky area, they had different haunts, like, mini haunts that were set up, like escape rooms. Like, Underhill actually had a pretty impressive setup uh, to kind of show off what they're doing. Um, it's been enough years that that tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I felt, too. Um, the Scare Park at Oaks Park had a nice little display going on, stuff like that. Scaregrounds. Scaregrounds. I feel like we're going to have a decent haunt season this year. I feel like everyone's kind of feeling it and wanting to come back. That would be great. Like, I I looked at my calendar this year and I went, well, I could go to Universal Studios this year. I could make that happen. I do not want to support any... Uh, big studios right now. Big studio haunts yeah. while the strike is going on. I just don't. Oh, yeah, that one's that one's kind of a gray area. Is it? Well, well, the strike is between actors and writers. Yep. Right? And so, like, for example, you know, there are people who, are, who have said, like, I'm not watching anything. No film or television until the strike is over out of solidarity. Uh, Although the writers and, and actors have been like, and don't people, do that. The people striking are saying... No, don't do that. Because they they did already do those things. the mm-hmm. The work has been produced and written and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, if the if it doesn't get watched, that tends to be another reason to you know an excuse to cancel something. This is true. <laughs> However, these are all haunts based on properties of the studios, right? That so are derivative. Another... Mm-hmm. Of other people, of the work of those writers and actors, right? That's it true. It is not, and it's they and don't it, get residuals from any of this. And this that falls under uh, parks, so it's not under the purview of SAG or the WGA yeah. or IATSE. Um, these are park performers. Even the actors will be employees of the park. Yeah, they will not be. I'm sure back in the day, it might have been a few yeah. like up and coming actors that are in SAG of like this is just something to do and. You know, I'm going to be on the Universal lot. You never know. Or they could be a SAG actor who just like, I fucking love Halloween. I want to scare people for a month. You know, doesn't interfere with any gigs. But, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, that that's why. Because, largely because the, like, Universal and Disney would be the two mm-hmm. that I would want to go to. Like, uh, I, I like. not Like, uh, not Knott's? I would definitely go to Knott's. Knott's is not affiliated with the studio. Correct. So Knott's would be safe. 17th door. 13th door? No, no. no, That's Raymond's old one. Oh, what's 17th door? Well, it used to be here. The 17th is uh, a haunt down in L.A. Like, I have a whole shit ton of haunts in L.A. bookmarked. I would love to do the Queen Mary. Yes. Yeah, that's on there. The the Griffith Park Hayride. Like, all... Yeah, I still want to do a week in L.A. where I do nothing but haunts in L.A. I also want to spend a week in, what is it? Um, what's What state has Kansas City? Missouri. <laughs> not because, because my brain went Kansas City, Kansas. No, that's not fucking right, Aaron. That's what my brain always But there says. is a Kansas City, Kansas. There's there a Kansas is. Kansas City, Kansas, and there's a Kansas but City, But I had Missouri. to go, I, I won't tell you the path that my brain went to get there. Sure. But I would love to go spend a week in Missouri to experience all of the beast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it's, they essentially build a theme park of horrors. 
Like it's massive. I remember someone was opening one near them, and I remember Dave went like, "Man, good luck! You're you're only an hour away from the beast." And in Portland, you could say like it's an hour away, and you'll attract people. But he's like, "But this is still kind of the Midwest, where anything under three hours is just a quick drive away because everything is so distant and flat." Right. Yeah, this I think it's called the beast is huge. Yeah. Um. I Hello, feel beast. Like Hello, that, asshole. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a a, um, a horror movie I watched that I can't remember the title of it, uh, but it was a serial killer following a bunch of teens into uh, a theme park. Yeah, and I feel like it was shot on location at the Beast because it was a full time, all year round haunt like horror theme park. Because I think the Beast is always open, but it ramps up. Yeah, during Halloween. Mm. Um, I just remember Tony Todd was in it mostly as a voice, and then had one scene. In right. Like, There's been a few documentaries about. It. Anyway, that's all I say. I think Portland area is going to have an interesting haunt season. I think it'll be I, it'll be good. It'll be nice to see. I am always willing to give the Portland haunts the opportunity to impress me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I forgot his name. There was a guy there who does a giant home haunt, but he lives just outside of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like a really nice guy, super passionate about haunting. Um, he doesn't charge anyone to go through his incredibly always growing home haunt. All he does, but it's a food drive. Sure. But his big thing is that he goes around to like stores or asks people to bring him big chunks of styrofoam. Instead of throwing it away, he remolds, cuts, and burns it into structures for his haunt, for like out, for like facades and stuff. That's a great. But everything in his hand is handmade. He had like a gator there that kind of lunged at the gate, and it was a combination of like latex and paper mache and like foam core, and you know, in the right kind of lighting and some fog, totally works. It's bright daylight, you'd be like, yeah, that's a that's a gator made out of paper mache and foam. Mm-hmm. But you know, turn the lights off, add some scary sounds. You hit some, hit some fog in it. Grown men will run screaming. That's right. Um, total side note, really quick. You know, I, I found out I kind of love the 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 aroma of that fake smog, fake oh, fog. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I kind of like it. I don't know I, why. Maybe it's because it makes me think of scaring people. I don't love it. It's hard on it, my lungs, but it does. Activate. Activate a portion of my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Just sure. Just like any time I hear the uh, the Carnival of Souls music, I am right back in the museum. Carnival mm-hmm. of Souls music? Yeah. Oh, the... Da, 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 oh, right, right. Da, 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 <laughs> da, da. Like, there was a year that NPR was doing a piece. This was in <laughs> August, and that song came on, and my chest tightened. Because I'm like, whoa, what? Oh, nope, nope. It's not hot season yet. I've still got two months. Mm-hmm. But also, huh. <laughs> oh, cool. So you know that that's uh, that's what it feels like on 4th of July. And and the, the days preceding but, and after. Yeah, I already know that now. <laughs> yeah, and I think with cable, that might be a slightly more enjoyable feeling than... It's sounds very enjoyable. A, a little bit. It's still it. it 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 is still one of those things that links to yeah. That that's a lot of sensory overload. That right. We just have to mentally. But you don't equate it. it to being potentially blown up. 
Well, here's the thing is, it's not, it's, <laughs> that's not the thought that's going through your head when you start stressing out. No, uh, it's, it's, it's just the stressing out. Yeah. That, but dis- oh, no, dis- I know right disembodied now. anxiety. It is the it, it is the closest thing that I get to an anxiety attack. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this is also the first norm yeah. kind of touched on this. I think this is maybe the first year where even people that were being very careful for the years before, like I can relax a little bit and I can have a little bit of fun. Yes. Um which they're gonna need mm-hmm. because as of today, um, I know it's coming. <laughs> election year has started. Oh, I thought you were going to mention they found a they they've discovered a, a more um, resistant avian flu that can transfer to humans. Oh, for fuck's sake! No, Oops-a-daisy. I haven't heard about that. There was already another disease that jumped from bats to humans like bat? six months ago. So bats, bats. It's just Human kind pole. of always the thing now. I know. So anyway, Ghost of Summer was a lot of fun. That's good. Um, there was even a vendor that was selling, like, they called them weird cookies. I think it's because of the flavors. Mm. But I, I had one. It, it was um, it was like a slightly, like, orange peel, lavender, cardamom sugar cookie. And I'm like, there's nothing weird about that. That's Ooh. a delicious combination. But the peculiarium were selling cookies made out of, like, grasshopper flour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, That's from an actual company. That sounds like the peculiarium. Mm-hmm. That seems... Pretty innocuous. I yeah. will say that uh, I really enjoyed Ghost of Summer last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am sorry that I was unable to attend this year. We were doing another thing. I right? dumbly bought tickets uh, before I realized that our thing was going to be kind of all-encompassing. Oh, right. You guys were... <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I know what you're doing because I had to set it up the few days mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. morning. You were judging for your honey or your life. Yeah. Which... Geek City Radio is a proud sponsor of. That's yes. right. I forgot. That's something else we were doing. Yep. Uh, the award ceremony is this coming Saturday. Uh, don't ask where. We still don't know yet. Ooh. Because a certain place that was really excited to do it never wrote us back. After uh, that's five right. months were, of trying. You were saying. Um, we'll find another place. I think I think, Lee, is, like I think Lee has found a brewery we're going to do it at. Okay. But not to like. But it was a big success. We can talk about it more. So I remember when we first started this, Lee and I were like, if we can get at least 50 attendees, mm-hmm. 50 people, 50 submissions, that's a win for a first year homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. We got 62. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good turnout. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't want to 100% say it's a go, but TPK Brewing seemed like they were on board for hosting the award ceremony for next year. Oh, that would that, be that seems like a match made in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that... Uh, we, what Denise and I did was we were judges that morning. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us are qualified judges. As, no. As for. Not uh, even experienced. No. I mean. I mean, other than, we're experienced drinkers. But, yes. But they would have uh, guided you through. That. No, they absolutely provided us with Lee and her team of people that day uh, gave us uh, the the guidelines, the um now I'm not going to remember what the thing is called, but there is an organization that's BJCP. all about. Yeah, mm-hmm. BJCP, that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, they have all these guidelines for how to judge. There, there, There is a standard. There are industry standards, even, um, even for the subcategories, right? Mm-hmm. So 
we had very clear outlines of what what you're critiquing on right uh but also we were both seated at tables of other highly experienced uh if not all certified uh judges i fucking lucked out i look at the list about at least a third were what they call zero level judges like you two yeah but there were some there were a couple high-end ones so i think we actually had a cicerone yeah, my there. my table. I was sat with Jeremy of Jen and Jeremy, who we've uh, interviewed oh, before. Jeremy yeah. Lander. Yeah, of McPolander. Yes. McPolander. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. and um, so he was one of my table mates, and the other was uh, a man named Scott. Scott is the one that certifies people to be judges. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm fine. You had it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so. Like I'd be, be able to go, well, I, I don't, I don't know anything about mead, but I think this is great. And they're like, oh yes, this is perfect. It's got this, it's this. I'm like, fantastic. Or, oh, I don't know anything about mead, but this is hot garbage. Yes. Yes. It is 100% hot garbage. Yeah. Well, like Denise, you told me a few times you didn't know what to say, but you would try something and you're like, there's this thing here that doesn't taste right. It tastes kind of like this. And they were like, good catch. This is the actual term for it. And mm-hmm. you're completely correct. Yep. Uh oh gosh! I think half the tasting is. when you become a judge is knowing what the you're. Terms. I feel like yeah, most people when they try it, they they know what's wrong with it mm-hmm. or what's good about it, but most people just don't have the terms to articulate what it is. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting to to critique a beverage with these specific parameters, mm-hmm. and then later that night we had our. Uh, Ravenloft game, and uh, not only did we sample the mead that I made, mm-hmm. but uh, Greg and Ida had brought these canned, like uh, you know, like commercial yeah. uh, mead cocktails. So they were sparkling mead, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, mm, yeah, this one has X Y Z. Look and at like, you now, like. And I, I, I started thinking about, it. I'm like, do I want to be a judge? It's fun, and you get to drink for free. <laughs> I, I realized that I do I love the... drinking for free. That's, that's great. Um, I, I do have a question. What category was your mead in? Uh, my mead would have been in the uh, spiced. spiced. Uh, f- okay. What is it? Uh, not fruit and spice. Uh, no, there's, there's uh, methaglin. Methaglin. traditional spiced. Uh, fruit. I judged the you fruit judged category. Fruit. And I, then also experimental. I thought you had experimental. Oh, I a, had nothing but experimental. There was a lot in experimental. How, so, many, there was. how many maple syrup meads did At you try? At least four. <laughs> Which is funny because that actually is a different mead style. It doesn't It shouldn't have probably... So here's the little trick about um, entering any kind of homebrewing competition. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about being good at brewing. It's being good at knowing what category to put your submission in. Right. So, which I uh, equated to people who uh, compete in physical things like boxing or, in mm-hmm. more to my knowledge, weightlifting. When you competitive weightlift, you, you're in a weight class category. And so just like a boxer, they will like basically starve themselves and go on a hard diet to cut weight. Uh for the weigh-in that happens 24 hours before the competition. And then yeah. you can just go to town uh, and be just big and ripped for yeah. your actual meat the next and, day. And for folks who might cry foul, you can actually submit any home brewing. 
and still be a judge. They just make sure you never take. Oh, yeah. No, I have nothing to do. I went nowhere near any mead that was similar to mine. Yeah, almost every judge there had submitted something. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's your first year. (laughs) I I wasn't at a table that tried your mead. That's why I was Uh, asking. I I did try your mead, and it's actually very good. Yay! I'm so glad. It's actually... I'm not 100% happy with it. And even before I was done making it, I knew what I what I ought to or would like to have done differently. And so I'm actually, at some point, I'm going to make it again. But um, I'm going to do it different. Welcome to the homebrew world. As he's in the chat, as Ryan can also attest, you're never fully happy with what you make. Ever, I mean, ever, ever. <laughs> with brewery, with pottery, with cosplay. Yeah. Uh, as it is, I'm planning something for... Uh, Rose City, and uh, I'm already like, it's not going to come out. It's going to be a piece of shit. Yeah. But yes, that's what Cable and I were doing most of Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it was it was really fun. We got to meet some new folks and try a lot of delicious and or interesting meads. Mm-hmm. We made friends with Gloria, who also works at Stormbreaker with uh, Lee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was super nice. Yep. Um, um, she she had very kind things to say about both of us and our, our judging. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she's like, I know that you guys aren't judges, but you did a really good job. It's like you held your own. You did this. It's like, uh, and really I'm a monster. I'm going to say hello to uh, one of the judges that I was at a table with, except for I don't remember her name because my brain is bad. Uh, I remember the other judge's name because her name is Corey, and I used to work with a Corey, and that's a, an uncommon oh, yeah. name. Yeah. Um, and then the other person who sat on my left, uh, she said she's going to start listening. Hi, I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. So not Kari, who sat next to Denise. Yes. As you listen to this show no more, you'll realize that out of the three of us, she has the worst memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is saying a lot. Literal sieve. Because mine has not been great of late either. Um, and I'm medicated now. That's the sad part. You oh, shit. But I... Well, not ironically, obviously. You know what I keep forgetting to do is pick up my ADHD medicine. <laughs> Even though they, like, every day they text me, like, you have five more days to pick up your prescription. You have four more days. To- well, you have somewhere you have to be all day. That's, yeah. That's, that's the true. first barrier. They won't mail it to you? It's a, it's a controlled substance, Cable. Yeah, this it's one It's a dangerous drug that you can't have just willy-nilly. That's right. Yeah, they can't put Adderall in the mail. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, I composed myself. It's yeah. fine. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Just get it before they run out. Yep. I mean, um, that, that I feel happens. like this is a good place to take a break. This maybe. is a good place to and take a break. We can come back and talk about some pop culture things. Yeah. And I can throw that watch. picture up in the chat somehow. Yeah. yeah. No idea how. Started, but... I know how. I'll, I'll show you how. Uh, all right. We will be right. This is the perfect time to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, we record live from, of course, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are one of the city's best game stores out there. They are actively engaged in community involvement. And, you know, they're, they're a place where you can form lifelong friends and bonds through the nerdiest of hobbies. Well, that would be... That's not even gaming. 
But you know what? <laughs> you can join good friends there. You can have a good time there. No matter what you're looking for when it comes to gaming, Guardian Games has it. Don't forget, for those who are 21 and over, there is the bar in the back that opens most days at 6 p.m. I think Wednesday, uh, weekends are open uh, longer hours. <laughs> so, yeah, check them out. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like Revnat of Revnat's Hard Cider, with which whom we must give a hearty congratulations for, as they just won yet again the Willamette Week's poll Best Cidery in Portland. No thanks, or no thanks, with all the thanks to you, the listener, you, the Revnat Cider Drinker, and now also, yes, you, the Revnat N.A. Cider Drinker. He's got two non-alcoholic ciders now. I think they're rotating on tap, but he has two different styles. They are both delicious. So whether you are choosing to be sober or are sober, taking a little break, or maybe you just kind of want to stagger an N.A. in between your traditional hard ciders, Revnat has you hooked up. Check him out at the new tap room at uh, Southeast 35th and Division. And there's a great food pot attached to him, too. Everything you need. So first, you know what? Get some games from Guardian Games. Zep on over to RevNats. Get some cider. Get some food. Play your games. Make it the ultimate Portland nerd getaway. And all of it happens because both of them are proud sponsors of Geek in the City Radio. That was a, Welcome was a, back for real. Welcome back. Welcome your back. dreams were yours. Take it out. Welcome back. back. That's all I remember. That's a good opening. The seventies had the best like theme songs for shows. I feel like up into the early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to add. Answer huh? Bex's question real quick. Uh, in that, no, I have not watched the Twisted Metal series. However, it is on Americanized Docket because it's a twisted. It's a TV series based on a PlayStation game where you just drive around in crazy cars and blow shit up. Yeah, yes, of it, course I'm going to watch. Is it. it the free version of Peacock? Um, the first episode is free. If you want the rest of it, you have to <sighs> subscribe. Um, some, depending on your cable uh, service, you may get to sign up for a free of charge Peacock account for a Mm -hmm. couple of years. So look into that. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say shit about shit. What's going on with Lizzo? What is going on with Lizzo? I don't know. Oh, no, darn. You can't drop these things. It's like when my sister texts me at midnight and says, brother, text me now. <laughs> and it's always about some bullshit movie thing. It's like, so I was watching this thing. It's like, oh, my God, I thought someone died. What is going on with Lizzo, Norm? I'll read it. Lizzo sued by three former tour dancers for sexual harassment and alleged fat shaming. That doesn't. That, doesn't that sounds sound. like bullshit. I don't know. Okay. Okay, are you ready for me to screen share this? Sure. Oh yeah, this is the 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 maquette of the creature from the way of things. Please update system permissions to allow screen recording for the browser. I don't know See? how to do that. This is a 
This is a Mac. Everything is awful. Um, well, I don't think it's I don't think it's Restream's fault for whatever that's worth. Can you simply share it in the text chat on Twitch? Uh, that's actually what I'm trying, and okay. I do believe the answer is no. Oh. I'm sure there is a way because, like you know, the kids are always. How about no? But I don't know how. I, I, I've given up trying to figure out Twitch completely. <laughs> I don't. People are like, man, you should stream when you play Red Dead Online. It'd be a lot of fun because you have this whole story. I'm like, yeah, I, sure. I have no idea how. I don't want to do it. <laughs> You you just you you have to spend the time to figure out how to do it. I don't want to do that. Then the, and then that's fine. You don't have to. No one says you have to. I know, but it it is simply a matter of you have to invest the time if you really want to do it. And no one's going to shame you for not knowing how to. Do yeah, it. you know what? I do a lot of stuff for like as side hustles now, whether I want to or not. When I play Red Dead Online, I just want to drive around, ride around with my little angry. Mexican outlaw and shoot assholes in the face. Yeah, that's great. And 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 fish. I like to send her fishing. And I, if they ever added like a homesteading expansion, she would build the nicest little house and garden. And whenever white people would show up, she shoots them in the face. Great, perfect. I love it. Well, it sounds like no, you no. should just be playing Animal Crossing. I don't have a switch. Mm. Also, can I be an angry little Mexican woman cowboy? On a horse that I can put horns on. Yes. Is there a mobile app version of Animal Crossing? I could not tell you. Um, Let's talk about Star Trek. Otherwise, yeah, we can't. Well, no, but 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 to answer your question, yes, you can be an angry little brown woman as dressed as a cowboy. There's all kinds of. It's too cute. I like the I like the old west. Well, then I can't help. Which, by the by the way. If they do it next year, I'm doing this. I had no idea that a group of fans put on a Red Dead Redemption like event in fucking Tombstone, Arizona, where they got almost every voice from the game to show up, and the city of Tombstone redressed places to look like places in Red Dead Redemption too. And I was like, holy shit! Wow. That sounded amazing. If it's going next year, I'm fucking going. So it's a been- great big LARP. Yeah, cowboy LARP. By the way, cowboy LARP. Like Old West LARP is becoming a thing. Of course it is. But much like Ren fairs are becoming more fantasy, it's not like the real West. It's like, yeah, video game West LARPing. I'm like, I, I, I think I might get down for that too. Have you been to? Have you ever been to Tombstone? No, I have. I have too. Mm-hmm. What about it? Just I've always oh, wanted to ask, go. Just asking. It's yeah. Tombstone. Uh, I went in the. This was back when I was married, and we went down to visit uh, my wife's father, who lived in the area, and we went out to Tombstone on the day, and it was kind of cool. It was it, it was only a couple of years after Tombstone had come out, the movie. Because that came out in the 90s, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there was a lot of paraphernalia for the movie that was still around in there. <laughs> um, yeah, her dad was... Uh, Worked for the DOD as a private contractor, and that was all that we could know. Mm. Which is why I 100% know I am on lists. Like how one of our good friends was a cultural attache. Yep. 
I I just lived in well no, I didn't live there anymore, but I I'm from Arizona. I go back there a lot. We took my grandma there once. Not nearly as exciting of a story. I just want to see Tombstone. Yep. And go when it's not hot. <laughs> Good luck. Speaking of Tombstone, that, that was covered in an episode of Star Trek, which we were going to talk about. That is true. The Way of the Gun. Uh-huh. No, Spectre of the Gun. Spectre of the Gun. Way of the Gun's a different movie. It is. Uh, let's not go down that road. Let's not go down that road, though. Um, Wait, really quick. I think I can share the photo. Oh, okay. We'll see. Hold on. Uh, uh, whoa. Such a professional show today. <laughs> it's on an overlay. Waiting. There it is. There ah! it is. Yeah, this that's, is this that's is how the, it screen shares. That's the maquette. Wow, yep. restream. Um, it will have a full body if we get to do enough. If we get enough money to do a suit, yeah, that cool. that will be it there. So yeah, uh, there it is. Real quick, I'm not familiar with this term maquette. I like, I have an idea of what what it means exactly uh, generally, but it's not like a full on puppet. Mm-hmm. It's more like I'm saying it as if I know what the term is. Also, you've already told me. Something I didn't know. Like a stick. Okay. I was imagining that it meant like a miniature or something. Right. But okay, a maquette is like a puppet. A scale model or rough draft of an unfinished sculpture. Anyway, that's really fucking cool looking. It is. Yes, it is. Designed by Toby Froud. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right, Star Trek, Strange New World. This will be spoiler-heavy as we jump around. Should we just get to it and get to the Lower Decks episode? I think, yeah. Let's like, jump right in. Yeah. The other episodes are great, but fucking Lower Decks. These Old Scientists was the name of the episode. <laughs> those. Those. Those Old Scientists. Those Old Scientists. I took me too long to realize they were doing it for TOS. I, I mean, luckily, they spoon-feed it to you at the end. Yep, that's, that's how I got it. <laughs> That, did you miss it when that was the joke in Lower Decks? Uh-huh. Like I, in season two? That's where that joke originated. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure I caught it. Oh, okay. But again. Oh, that's right. Now I just remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Brain um, Legacy. Yes. You're fine. Yes. So yeah, it's it's classic time travel shenanigans that mm-hmm. sends Boimler and then Mariner back in time to the era of those old scientists. Yep. Um... <laughs> Uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, I saw it in the opening credits. Mike McMahon was on set and an executive producer or an executive consultant for the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the creator of Lower Decks. And they were actually adamant that he would be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Frank said in the post-interview, they wanted him there to make sure they didn't go too far. And he's like, you can't. You can't go too far with these characters. Like, don't worry about it. Just go nuts. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the the thing that I really want to say is that one, keep rewatching it. Every time you rewatch it, you're going to find something, some other joke that you missed, yeah. and it will just keep getting funnier every time you see it. Uh, two, Jack Quaid and Tawny Newsom on screen are fucking amazing. They're so they great. are a delight. Uh, Jack Quaid in particular was really, really good at performing as though he were an actual cartoon character brought well, to life. He walks away down the hot all yeah, uh, the, the, the hall when he's like rewiring stuff under the uh, under the the desk on the bridge, uh, and they're all supposed to look away. 
and he's like he's literally caught up in the wires <laughs> and partially suspended like a cartoon mm-hmm. character. And yeah. Every time he screamed. <laughs> every the, every Boimler scream and run mm-hmm. was just oh uh the Riker was an ad lib. Yes it was. Yeah, uh there was the things he was going to say like you know he was going to call it like Riker he was going to call he's like just I'm just going to go Riker not in the script being like if they don't like it he's like also I'm right in front of Freaks. Yeah. There's no better time for me to do this. Um, one thing I didn't know it was in the ready room afterwards. I didn't realize that Will Wheaton began to sit that way because he thought Jonathan Frakes was so cool that he wanted Wesley to start imitating how Riker sat down. And I've yeah. never realized that until I was like, oh, shit. Now I got to watch every time Wesley sits down. Yep. Huh. Uh, there have been a couple things that I've found out about uh, Will Wheaton recently that I'm like, oh, Okay. Um, like all of his Trek money was taken by his parents. Yes, and the only reason lot. that he survived as an adult is residuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, that's right. Hot Spock was codified. Oh my god! Mirror's like <laughs> I, I knew stories, but I didn't know. Him. I was. I mean, like, <laughs> I didn't need anyone to verify I know that you for did. me. Right. But all all iterations of Spock. Are yep. valid. Our hot spots. I, I, yeah, I appreciate that she it, uh, it got to do the whole what? No, I didn't do that. Shut up! And yeah. At least once on screen, that is a classic Mariner move. <laughs> um, everything about her performance was oh yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Mike McMahon is just writing Beckett Mariner after Tawny Newsom. In real life, right? Which got her a gig writing for Starfleet Academy. Yes, yes, it did. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, hired directly by Alex Kurtzman. Kurtzman or Akiva? Kurtzman. Kurtzman, Kurtzman went hi. Saw me, raw footage and said, "Send." Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, send me everything. Send send me all of your writing samples. I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And Starfleet Academy, for folks that don't know, is the show that's going to spin off of Discovery. Yes. So it's going to be set in the future with some of the cast of Discovery. And Including now... Tilly, right? That's, that's yeah, I would assume been. so. And yeah. also makes me think it'll be a slightly less heavy show than Discovery since they yeah, want yeah. her. That's right. Why do they talk the talking so slowly? It, it's like, <laughs> they're so quiet and they talk so slow. That's because <laughs> they're that's, not cartoon characters. And that's taken from a criticism of people who criticize Lower Decks for talking too fast. Yeah. People complain. I There's a few listeners who are like, they, they did the joke that like, they made a joke into one of my biggest complaints about Lower Decks is they all talk so fast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, everything about that episode was great. Every interaction that they had with the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, like, look, not all Orions are pirates. Even though they kind of were, but they always wanted to be scientists kind of thing. I yep. watched the episode twice and still cannot really get a beat for whether or not I think they legitimately were trying to like do a science or if yes. basically history just got rewritten based off of what, or history was, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the history that is on paper is paper based that, off of what Pike said, like look, predetermined temporal paradox. Not that. So. No, 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 no. Just, 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 just right. the classic, like right. history is what you say it is. Right. 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 And if Pike says, 
they were scientists and they found it and it's theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, then that's what gets recorded. And that's what people in the future will believe to be correct because that's what we put down on paper. So if you are from a society that is predominantly criminal, mm -hmm. um, even science and scientists born from that society, it's like, no, we, we want to set ourselves apart. We want to figure out. We want to ask the questions and get answers and find things out about the universe. So we're just going to take this thing and take it back to our lab. So it's both not are... stealing. Right. We're doing this for science. Scientific commentary. You're still taking it. Mm -hmm. that's... So they're, they're, they're science pirates. Pirate scientists. Is it like Just like all the British that took everything out of the Egyptian tombs... That, that's how Orion scientists. That's the whole thing. That's that whole joke. Of how come there aren't any Egyptian pyramids in in England? It's because they couldn't fit them on the boats. Yep. <laughs> so uh, there, there is legitimate. I, I think they were actual scientists. There was they one just, line in particular yeah. that definitely led me to feel that that was it. But uh, especially it at just... the end, when they're like, "All we've ever wanted to do was explore, but we're not allowed to." Kind yep. of thing. It, the literally the line is just that's all I have ever wanted. Yeah, yep, that's right. And that's why my god, it's. I guess it's unambiguous for him, but I still don't. I'm like, but is he actually a scientist? Well, and, I think so. And Trex touched that in a little way with other species before, like when you get, when you get the Klingon that only wanted to be well, an Enterprise. There's the Klingon who just wanted to be a scientist, mm -hmm. but finding ways to extend Klingon life. There's no honor in that. So they wouldn't let him learn that stuff. Mm. The Klingon that, well, I mean, even take like Worf's son, Alexander. He's never wanted to be a warrior. That's how I always like it when they started moving more into like diplomacy. Like, he gets that from his mom. He gets that from Kalar. Yep. She mm. doesn't believe in the whole bullshit Klingon stuff. And, so, and Alexander for his first formative years was still raised by, First his mother, and then his ad Human adoptive grandparents. Yeah, yeah. And when he finally gets on the Enterprise, like his godmother is Deanna Troy. Yep. So going to be a lot of feelings on that. Yep. And Luxana Troy basically treats Alexander like the grandkid she's never going to have. Oh my god! They take mud baths <laughs> together in the Old West episode. No, they don't. The it's a different one. Yep. But either way. By the way, she does get will... grandkids eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Well, I, I think Loxon is dead by then. Oh, no. They've kind of treated when Major Barrett passed away when is when Loxana passed away. Mm. Um, side note, I don't care if people say Fistful of Data is, is a fun fucking episode. Yeah, it is. It's so much fun. It I love it when Trek does the Old West. <laughs> um, well, except with the Mark Twain one. That's not good. Yes, Norm. Uh, Rebecca Romaine, Una, uh, is so stern and deadpan in this episode. So everything is just like so ridiculous around her, but she is, uh, and it makes it funnier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you have a poster of me in your is, over is your like bed. A, is it like a pinup poster? Well, it's it, it, a poster that is pinned up. Are we saying the same thing? <laughs> yeah. I love that she you finds out with that. that she's a recruitment poster. Oh, yes. God. I, I actually, so I go with because awesome. I flash right back to the episode Both where she's times. on trial. And I went, damn it. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
that's the other thing, by the way. Like, it's it's not just oh, we had a funny episode of Strange New Worlds where like we brought in the cartoon characters and it was all slapsticky. No, they still managed to have like a serious plot mm-hmm. that affects canon. Yes. Yeah. And they had some like really big emotional moments that are specific to character driving elements. Yeah. yeah. Like Pike had said, it's like it was nice to have someone react to me in such a way that I don't feel like my future is that bleak. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, they know what happens to him, but they also know all the good that he does. Yeah. Especially since just, what, two episodes prior, La'an has her temporal experience, and she's fucking devastated she, by that experience. Doesn't he also tell them, like, do not get connected? Yes, do not make I'm, a telling, connection. I'm telling don't you from make, personal experience. Don't make attachments. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't remember that in the... Yeah. And she straight up says, I'm telling you from personal experience. Yeah, right. Um... Think about Pike. I do wonder because I'm not saying they've thrown Canon out the window, which they haven't. They're taking they're taking the approach that Nimoy mentioned. I think right before Into Darkness came out, uh, like a year or so before he passed away, he talks about Canon should never be set in stone. It should be the guy. It should be the thread that guides you through the story. Sure, because um, they're doing a lot of stuff with like Kirk. Mm-hmm. That's never even been talked about in any version of of Star Trek, um, like the fact that like in TOS we know he's going to meet a Khan Anunian Singh, but not quite know that last name where he clearly knows a Lieutenant Noonien Singh. Right. Mm. So little stuff like that. It makes me wonder if they're going to tweak Pike's future. That he's going to get the rate, that's all going to happen, but that is he really going to live out his final days in that illusion with, with what's her name? Or are they going to find a way Not to like, uh, they then, like they then, I hate to say fix them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Part of it is also like, how do you, you, if you know Pike's future, that means inevitably... You will lose and you will lose Anson Mount. Yeah, but that's again. They also gave that a ten-year timeline. They did, but in my brain, I'm like, you could totally have Commodore or Admiral Pike show up. I I just feel like they're going to play a little soft and loose with Pike's cannon now. Sure. I mean, they they talk okay about with. it a lot, so mm-hmm. I think more this season than first season. Or maybe I'm just conflating the two seasons together, but... uh, Well, he's more at peace by the end of season one. mm. Because he he meets his future self and says, like, look, I know it's going to happen to you, and when you prevent it, like, this is what happens. Like, you still do a lot of good, and you can't quit running. You have to quit running from that shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Norm says he's going to piss people off what he has to say. Oh, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He says that a lot. I know, and, and it never really does. Usually wrong, but um, yeah, I don't know who these people are that are these imaginary people are who are always mad at you, Norm. They're not imaginary. I think it's the internet. Yeah. No. Well, and there's your problem. This is, yeah. Fuck the internet. Um, I don't. I don't even use the internet. I love how much Mariner freaked out over meeting Ensign Uhura, mm-hmm. but then in real life, like 
Newsom's entire like full circle. She's like, when I was a kid, I watched Nichelle Nichols and like, it gets brought up all the time, but like Nichelle Nichols impact specifically on like black women and girls, like it, you cannot overstate it. Like you just can't the impact she had by merely existing on screen in a position of power in the fucking future. She she made she she made astronauts. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So for her to be like like my excitement is part my character meeting her, but me meeting this new person who's now playing Lieutenant o- it it was like this Mobius strip of like, oh my god, I can't Ensign. believe we're all here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's an incident at this point. Yes, I yeah, I'm sorry, I meant incident. Yeah. I I, I didn't there, want to say the char- the the performer is as she because they go by day. Celia? Yeah. Okay. So, like, that entire scene felt very much like both Tawny Newsom and Celia Rose Harding giving the character of Uhura and the impact of Nichelle Nichols yeah. their due. That, that felt, like, yeah, you're right. It felt they, like just, yeah, it was, it was just these two performers, perfect. like, look, we're going to do it in character, but can we just gush about how much Nichelle Nichols meant? Yes. And, and that's they, how we're going to play the scene. And that's exactly how that fe- scene felt. It's a little sappy, but that was one of those moments where I'm like, God damn it, I wish Dana was here to see this. Oh. You know, kind of thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring people down on that one. But that, that will always flash in my head at times. I'm like, if she could have seen this, how happy she'd be. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. It just gotta, does. It pops in my head a you lot. Gotta, you gotta warn me when you're gonna do. Sorry. That. Uh, that it also like... happens to me when I'm eating raw oysters on my own. It's like, oh. Dana would have come with me on this. She's my. She was my ride or die raw oyster buddy. <laughs> that was a weird statement, but I have still. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to make it. No, it's. I've just. I've never processed it. I have That's never fair. processed her death. Anyway. Um, where was it? But yeah, like the, the that scene was great, and allowing the the cast to then also show love for Enterprise was oh my God, phenomenally important. Because by the way, Paramount does fuck all the talk about that show. Yeah, I know. But the writers of Strange New Worlds do. Yep, just kind of great. And so does like so does lower decks. Yeah, I guess I'm the odd man now because I was like, I mean, what else are they going to reference? It's 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 Pike era Enterprise. They have nothing else. But it's like true to reference. There's a lot to reference. They could just skip and reference Zephyr Cochran mm-hmm. and or make up anything else um, that's older this was it's not just an acknowledgement of oh yes of course they're going to reference it but it's we're going to reference it we are going to acknowledge that yes regardless of how people feel about it it is still star trek it is still part of this entire family and that is 100 one of the things that um the cast of tng on have been practicing as much as they can is saying 
if you're on a Star Trek show, you are a Star Trek family now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, this is... It's taken them a while to get there, but they're also at that point where it's like, no, all of these people are with us. Mm-hmm. We, it is our job to shepherd them and give them the tools that they need because they're going to keep taking this on after we're gone and we're getting to that age where we're going to be gone. Yeah. Oh, the thing Norm said, this is what will make him angry. I want them to reboot Star Trek, continue with Strange New Worlds cast. I don't want to piss people off. And I write, there's no need to reboot it. You just yeah. finished Kirk's five-year mission. That was exactly what I was thinking. You start at year four. You start at year four, and however long you want that to be. You do year four and five, and then what happens between the, the end of the five-year yeah. mission and, and the motion picture. And the motion picture. Mm-hmm. If you really want to have fun with it. Kirk and Kirk's Enterprise, after Star Trek, after the motion picture, had two five-year missions before Wrath of Khan. That's why at the end of Wrath of Khan, that one Admiral's like, you know, Jim, the Enterprise is over 20 years old. What they mean is the refit is over 20 years old. Yeah. The ship is pushing like 60. Yep. Um. So, yeah, yeah, just just continue the five-year mission. Just Yeah, I would I would watch a the ongoing, like, the lost years of the original series mm-hmm. with Paul Bentley, with um, Sailor Rose Harding, with yeah. um, Ethan Peck. Mm-hmm. Um, if the actor wants with, to keep playing, I guess, in, Benga, in, in terms of like franchise wise, it's a really great way to let let those characters keep working in those uh, let those actors can yeah. carry on the characters Cause further. Because there's five people on that show. You currently. don't. You don't keep Rebecca Romaine as Chapel. You keep what's her name as Chapel. I was well, just but that's because Rebecca Romaine is Una. Una. Yeah, I like, know because my brain's going to actual production history where she went from number one to Nurse Chapel because yeah, but the studios didn't want a woman to be second in command. Sure. No, but uh, that's fine because we have we have a number one and we have a Chapel, so. Yeah, they could both. They could Bush. both get to be those characters. You could. You could find a way to keep using Rebecca Romaine, even though there's. Well, you give her her own ship. Mm-hmm. What is um, the canon of? She'd be a fleet. She'd be. A she'd fleet be a captain. fleet captain, actually. Yeah. Yep. There is no. Re- so Una's always been very mysterious. It's always because been she was only for one, only in one episode. Yeah, and she was only ever called number one. Number right. one. This is the first time that she's had a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you just keep it mysterious with her. Yeah, a fleet captain. Fleet captain, fleet admiral. Either one of those is fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Ryan. Teaching people at the academy. There you go. An entire, last... an entire last episode dedicated to long shots <coughs> of the Enterprise docking. Yep. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I would watch that. Like, I really do yeah, enjoy... Yeah, just Sulu, Chekhov. And McCoy and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I do enjoy Paul Bentley's Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, America's usually says she's like, I like him. He's fine. He's missing that sparkle, that twinkle of charm that Shatner had during those years. It's like, that makes sense. He's also not that Kirk yet. Right. He's getting there. 
Um, um, I think Norma's referencing the next episode, which we don't have to get yeah, into too much, but oof, that was also good. But Judas Priest. Yeah, well, we got to wrap up the show here pretty quick. But yeah, that episode, I knew Trek could do MASH really, really well. I, I do want to say that it was a joy to see Clint Howard yeah! in a Star Trek episode, not playing it for laughs, not playing a weird alien child. He was, he was playing. Um, uh, what was the first colonel's name for Mash? Uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Yeah. What was the last name? Henry Blake. Henry Blake. He was playing Colonel Blake. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. Who was tired, worn out? Yeah. Been in like, this war on the front lines of a met of a basically a Mash unit. It was a Mash unit. It was mm-hmm. Mash. Like he comes in, is like, yeah. It's like you're Doctor Soto. Yeah, you just call me Buck. I'm like, oh, you're Colonel Blake. That's yeah, dope. It, uh, like I feel if you were to interview Clint Howard, you would go, "Oh yeah, no, that was my inspiration. Yeah, I was I was one hundred percent playing this character." I'm like, "Yeah, it came across." Finding out Mbenga is referred to as the ghost. Yeah, that's a that's a separate episode. In yeah, and of itself. Wait, I thought it was the butcher. No, no that's the Klingon. The okay, Klingon he was, was referred gotcha. to as the what, ghost. Where did who? Who called him that? The Andorian, Andorian. Special Forces. Mm-hmm. The fucking Andorian Special Forces leader was like, yeah, we need the ghost. Yeah. He says, like... The Andorians uh, being the military wing of the Federation. Basically. I must have missed that line. I I only saw that episode once. What was um, it? The, the Vulcans gave him shields. But the Andorians, they were more than happy to provide the phasers. Yep. <laughs> It's like, oh, here, here's the weaponry that you actually need. Yeah. And the Tellarites help build the engines. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that part where Chapel was like, he's in the buffer, he's in the buffer, and Mega just goes, deletes. Yep. I'm like, that look on his face of like, doctors must make this fucking hard call I, here at Triage. Th- unit. That's what soldiers have to do. That's what doctors have to do. That's what people in leadership and, positions and have to do. I love the fact that. It was the acknowledgement of like, I am not going, it's like, I'm going to make this decision because I don't ever want you to have to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for sure. Yeah. He, he is a really good mentor to, yeah. to chapel. And um, I wound up having like a Trek slash quote war triple feature because then I watched the wounded, hmm. the O'Brien episode uh-huh. with the Cardassians. He's like, I don't hate you, Cardass. I don't hate, I hate what I became because of you. And then Didn't the, we cover that episode? It was so it's one that's not enjoyed a lot by fans, but you really liked it. Probably. Um, and it was not intentional, but I remember you said I wound up watching it on Veterans Day, and I wasn't expecting it to impact me the way it did. Uh, probably because that that was a Monday, and I was yeah. watching it before the show. Uh, and then I watched in the pale moonlight. Ah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I know I it was can. a really, I know it was a really dark episode, but God damn, it was good. It's so good. Um, so freaking on good. so many levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. the it the really mesh is. element, the the like the fake martyr. Not that's not the word I want, but I was, just all of it, and then the ambiguous what happens. Oh, Pike knows. It's, oh, I don't think it's that ambiguous, but I think it was scripted and shot to see to be pretty ambiguous and 
there there are like small parts where I'm like, okay, I don't know for sure who who did X Y Z here, but go ahead. So Merrick looked it up and mm-hmm. read an interview with the director of that episode. That that scene was shot twice. Once was the scene that we saw in the one with the cut. kiss, one without the kiss. The other one is in the room. Oh, oh without the shot, without the he shot the scene in the room. I think so, so you better so, see everything. So someone do know decided. what happened. Yeah. Yes, which is like when they were viewing, it's like nope, go with this one because we all know. We all know. Yes, and I can't imagine. Maybe this is a more comment on my own personal morality and ethics. I can't imagine anyone who would talk to him and beg him and be like, you were in the wrong. I'm arresting you. We're going to put you on trial. Yeah. And I think that's Pike's because Pike is the consummate diplomat. He will always want to more so, I think, even than Picard. He is because like Picard will shoot a warning shot and then say, let's talk. Pike's like, let's just fucking talk. I don't because Pike is always driven by guilt of we weren't there during the Klingon war. All these people died. I could have mm-hmm. I could have stopped it. No one. His thing is always no one dies. Yeah, he's he's also an older and more tempered captain than the Pike that we tend to know. No, I mean and, Picard. He's I think he's more of a diplomat first than Picard is. Yeah. Mm. It, here's the other thing, though. Well, because they're also roughly the same age at the time. Like, yeah, Picard yeah. was in his forties. Pike is supposed Pike to be is in his forties, near fifties. Right. Um, this episode clearly delineates Pike as why he has the Boy Scout reputation, because the rest of his crew does not. <laughs> Decidedly so, and. By the way, Melissa Navi during that dinner scene, I was really expecting her to finally defer, sit down and be sorry, Captain. She just looked at him and went, and she walked. I was like, damn. Yeah, that was a move. Yeah. That was a fucking move. And that was, and her face was like, I don't care if I get a dressing down, a demo, I don't give a shit. I am not yeah. breaking bread with this fucker and I'm out. I can't do it. Any anyone who watches Strange New Worlds and continues to say we don't know anything about Ortegas, they aren't giving us. She's never had an episode. Why can't we know anything about her? It's like pay attention. Every yeah. not, every interaction not that. that she gives you. One of the earliest ones, she's like, I learned a thing or two about hiding from Klingon. Like it's like flying a ship and hiding. What? <laughs> like, I mean, oh, do never, I never get would I like to know more? Yes, like yes. would I like to be a fly on the wall of uh-huh. that story that you're not really telling me right now? Yes, yeah. But that's but that doesn't negate the fact that like there are, there are many big fat hints being dropped about yeah. a very rich and exciting backstory. Yeah, right. They're just not she's spoon- gotten involved with Vulcans before. Blotra. Yeah. She's just they're just not spoon feeding it, and so many audiences now are like, well, they didn't explicitly say it. I was like, are you not paying attention? Yeah. yeah she is. It's why, like, she tells you everything that you need to know, and that is, she is a pilot. She, her name is Erica Ortegas, and, and she, she flies, flies the, the ship. She flies the ship. One, I have the fact that she did that line delivery different twelve times. 
fuck me. That right. was that, that, that was that, 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 like that is an emotional roller coaster yeah. that the character took you on like, with one with the same yeah. line over I, and over. Yeah. I am curious how this will play out the Pike and Venga relationship because they're doing a season three. It got greenlit like last year. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. because. That final scene, I think they, like, went, they, 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 they did continuous production, right? I don't know about that. No, no. it's well, no, because the strike. So no, it was Picard that they rolled right in from two to three. Mm. Yeah, because um, he's old. Um, <laughs> but Pike's no dummy. Like Pike knows what went down. Yep. But also knows. Well, on paper, he knows I have no legal way to pursue this. His moral quandary is even if I did. Would I? Yeah. Should I? And and we know that's that... Pike's torment with Mbenga. Sure. Mbenga said he didn't do it, and Pike believes him. I and believe, then Mb... I believe him too. But then Mbenga said, or didn't start it anyway. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah but then Mbenga it. said, like, but I won't lose sleep over it. Yeah. And that's not a crime. No. Nope. And maybe maybe that rubs Pike the wrong way because he is. You know, more the Boy Scout than anyone yeah. else on the crew, but it's still not a crime. And you can't prosecute on intent. If you nope. believe he didn't start it and it was a self-defense action, you're done. And walk away. It. That Klingon general has not earned any, like, a drop of absolution because yeah. he hasn't put in the work to make amends well, or even acknowledge what he did. With himself? With, Absolution with himself? Oh, with himself, he has. No, no, other way around. He definitely has the absolution of the Federation, and that's why he was there in the first place, because he's being trotted right, along yeah. as this ambassador-type person for, you know, like, we can be friends, mm-hmm. the Klingons can be reformed, look at this guy. And the reason he is so fucking, like, won't shut up about, like, how transformed he is and how much he wants to help other people and this and that like he won't shut up about his his duty to like mend fences is because he knows it's all bullshit yeah that's what i meant we should actually wrap up the show because i feel like we go another hour on that episode alone oh we are we are in fact over time yeah so i don't i believe there's no strange new worlds this week correct right because we got two last yeah then but next week is the musical i think yep oh boy that's gonna be an episode (laughs) Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I'm Arondaran. I am Bianarita. And I am Cable Hashtag. We shall speak to everyone next week. <laughs>